0: Hello, and welcome to Mandatory Fun, a podcast by a military wife reflecting on life. I'm Erin Stevens, and some of you may know me from Orange Village, Boulder, Tucson, Fairbanks, Bonn, Monterey, Valdosta, or Colorado Springs. I've lived in a few places, but you already knew that. Moving has really become second nature in some strange way. I know what to expect, how to prepare, And I'm really good at purging unwanted or unused items. The nuts and bolts of a move are pretty much the same, with the exception of an overseas move. The thing is, there are always some unforeseen circumstances that creep up each and every time. This last move was no different, but this time it seemed a bit worse. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? But first, I have a treat. I would like to introduce the hero of last podcast, my husband Jake. Hello. (laughs) He's a little bit nervous. Just bear with him. He's never been on a podcast before. He's never been interviewed before. I'm not really interviewing him. We're just going to have a conversation (laughs) about moving. (laughs) To be fair,
1: I'm not not nervous.
0: Oh, he's not nervous. Well, he does have a glass of some beverage next to him. But um, I figured that we went through this experience together. So what better way to share this experience with you than to talk about it together? Plus, I have no memory. So Jake likes to fill in the blanks. All right, so Jake, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, get a little closer to the microphone. I'm ready. Okay. All right, we're going to go ahead and start. So this time, this move was a little bit different. We didn't know that we'd be moving when we did. We were out of the regular cycle. So we generally moved in the summer, but because of what happened in the last episode, um we knew that we would be moving and we actually asked to move out of cycle because we wanted our girls to be here for part of this school year because our oldest is starting middle school next school year and I wanted her to have some friends so Jake luckily was not going on his deployment which was great so instead he had Jake do you want to tell everybody what you did for us as a gift when you're on your last deployment What you planned for us to do while you were gone?
1: Sure, yeah. I planned um, a week-long cruise in the Caribbean.
0: So he planned a cruise, but he wasn't going to be there because he was going to be deployed. Um, But it was planned. So we knew that we'd be moving, but we found out that we were moving a couple days after the cruise. So... We scheduled for Jake to go on the cruise with us so that the whole family could be together and then we were going to move a couple days later. Um, so on the cruise, we had a good time. We were a little bit stressed, I think, just knowing what was coming up. But I did get sick. I got some sort of norovirus or cruise illness luckily the cruise bathroom is tiny so you can do many things in there at the same time but the cruise was good um we got back from the cruise on christmas eve we docked in miami and then we drove back up to Valdosta. and we decided we needed to start feverishly prepping so when we got back what are some of the things we did jake do you remember any of the stuff that we did that day when we got back we washed all the linens we organized all of the rooms. We <laughs> marked the high value items. We had to pack for um, the nights that we were going to be driving and in hotels, and didn't know exactly how long it would take to get our stuff. They give you a do they give you a date when you were supposed to get your stuff this time? When it's and, and a just, conus move?
1: Oh, they give you a window. I can't. I can't remember what it was. Though. Do you
0: remember how big the window was that they gave <laughs> us? I mean, like, you, the point is, you don't necessarily know when you're going to see your stuff again.
1: No, usually it's a, uh, it can be a week to two weeks.
0: Yeah. So we weren't quite sure. So we had to pack enough stuff that we knew that we'd have enough for the trip. So we started doing all of that stuff. We also started kind of cleaning the house, gathering all of our important documents. Jake has to take a bunch of stuff with him to, out process there at the base and then in process at the new place so he had to get all of those documents together um so that was the evening of the 24th so our plan was to get as much ready as we could that night and then christmas day really just knock it out so we woke up christmas morning and coley came into our room telling us that it hurt when she peed now If you know us, you know that unfortunately she has a history of UTIs and she has been hospitalized before with pyelonephritis in Germany and she was in the hospital for a week. So we panic a little bit naturally when she says that to us. So I called my friend Brittany who's a nurse practitioner and is wonderful and I said to her, Brittany, everything in Valdosta is closed. There is no urgent care open. I really don't want to take her to the ER Can you please write us a prescription? I will go get the pee strips and test to make sure she has a UTI, but can you just write our prescription? So Brittany was kind enough to write her a prescription for antibiotics. To be fair, she was like, oh, man, I don't know. I just don't know what she's taken before, and I I hate doing that. But she was a good friend, and I was panicking. So she helped us out. So we got her the prescription. It got filled. She started taking it. But we were like, the Packers are coming tomorrow. We got to get this done. So we went to Waffle House.
1: Waffle House on Christmas. Turns out to be a Valdosta tradition for many, (laughs) many people.
0: We were like, nobody will be there. And then everybody in Valdosta was there. Um, So we went to Waffle House and we, yeah, you can let her, Sydney, our dog is in here with us and she's smelling to get out of the room. So she's going to let her, she can't figure out how to get out of the room (laughs) oh it's so sad she's 13 and she's old anyway okay so we really pushed it because we knew the packers were coming the next day so we did everything i mean we spent all day we burned off our hash browns and our eggs because we were just busy working in the house all day we woke up on the 26th and we were up bright and early waiting for the packers to come and they didn't come
1: yeah i think uh what was it, 10 o'clock came by, then 11 o'clock, and um, usually they're there pretty early, so we started to worry.
0: Yeah, so you called. I called,
1: and it turned out that um, they canceled for the 26th, and they weren't going to be there until the 27th. Um, They tried to call us, apparently, when we were on the cruise, but... uh, We were on a cruise? We were on (laughs) a cruise in international (laughs) waters, so um, they didn't get in in touch with us and so we didn't know we had no idea they just didn't show up so
0: they didn't leave a message either they just apparently didn't think it was important information for us to know they weren't going to be there so it wasn't the greatest sign. but we were like all right it gives us another day to just kind of plan and so we just made sure Coley was feeling better we got everything together woke up on the 27th of course it was raining
1: we moved did we move on to base No,
0: we hadn't moved on to base yet. We slept in our house. We weren't sure we were going to sleep in our house too. That was another thing. We kept changing the TLF, which if you remember is the temporary lodging facility on base. We kept changing it because we weren't sure when we were going to check in because we weren't sure if they were going to pack our beds or any of that stuff. So we woke up in our house on the 27th it was raining which is not great my friend renee who is absolutely wonderful said that the girls could go to her house so that we could get everything done that the packers were going to need you know free reign of the house so that's what we did took the girls over to renee's house jake went and did his final out which took a long time it took a few hours to go all the way to base we lived like Twenty how many miles from base?
1: 18 miles from base. 18
0: miles from base. So Jake went back to base, did his final out. I cleaned the house all day. And then that night was the first night we stayed in the TLF. So we got done with everything. The pack was there till pretty late. We picked the girls up at Renee's, went to the TLF, and then I went out for a goodbye dinner with my friends. And I got back to the TLF that night. And Coley had been vomiting and said her back hurt and just was basically a mess, more so than she usually is. So um, we were panicking. But at the same time, I didn't know if she had the virus that I had on the cruise or if it was related to her UTI. So I had made an appointment earlier in the week for the morning of the 28th, which was the day that the movers were going to be at our house. Um, so we knew that we had that on the books. So we woke up on the morning of the 28th jake had to take saffron to where'd, where'd she go i think you took her to, did you to her a friend's,
1: friend's i took her to a friend's and then
0: you went to the house and
1: then dropped sydney off at some other
0: oh yeah that's friends. the other thing <laughs> we had sydney remember we have oh, sydney. No, sydney
1: might have just stayed with me that day
0: yeah so this is the thing about this move so sydney is a 13 year old lab granted she was like 12 when we moved but that was a couple months ago um She has never really been in a crate, so we can't leave her in any of these places because she's not crate trained and they won't just let them have free reign and they have cleaners that come in and they'll be really upset with you and maybe kick you out. So on both ends, Sydney had to be watched by people all day, either us or people that were willing to help, which we weren't going to ask anybody to help because we had it under control until I took Coley to the doctor that morning and the doctor took one look at her and said, you need to go to the ER. So here we are. Movers are at the house. Jake is there. Saffron's at a friend's. Sydney's with Jake. And I was like, all right. The doctor said you need to, you should really go to the ER that's an hour away in Tifton because it's just a better hospital. And I think she's going to be admitted. And if she's admitted, I think that you'll get better care there. So we were like, okay. So I drove her, I drove her up to Tifton very quickly. We went to the ER. We got there around probably 11 o'clock noon, something they came in, they checked her, they ran all these tests, and then by 6 o'clock we were admitted to the hospital. She was in a bed, and of course the doctor had already gone home for the day, so we had to wait until the next day to hear what the doctor was going to say. So that was kind of a mess. We were like, okay, what are we going to do? Mind you, she had been hospitalized before, and she was there for a week. Our original plan was to drive out on the 29th or 30th. 29th, I think. The 29th. Is the 29th or the 30th? It might have been the 30th. Get here the 31st. Yeah. The plan originally was to leave the 30th, get to Colorado Springs on the 31st with the girls, drive with the girls and Sydney, two separate cars because we have to drive both cars, and then we'd have one day in Colorado Springs to just kind of relax, close on the house on the 2nd, and then the girls were going to start school on the 4th. So that was the original plan. Now it is the 28th. Coley's in the hospital. We wake up the morning of the 29th. The doctor said, "Uh, I think you need to change your plans because there's no way this kid is getting out of here tomorrow. And I said, well, should I call somebody in my family to come down because um, I don't know what we're going to do. We have to get to Colorado Springs. We had the house closing and the inspection and everything all lined up. So my whole family volunteered to come down, which was great. Jake's dad volunteered to come and help as well. Um, But my mom ended up being the one that came to help us, which was amazing. So she got into town on the 30th, right? Yeah, she got into town on the 30th. And at this point, we didn't know if she was going to be staying in the hospital with Coley or driving with Jake or we didn't know what was going to happen. But we knew that we needed to take two cars across the country and we knew that we needed to close on the 2nd. So those were the two firm dates. But the ER doctor was wonderful, but she couldn't tell us when Coley was going to get out. She had to be fever-free for 24 hours. So we basically every day had to – well, every day. It was like a couple days. We had to check flights and hotel rooms. The doctor said Coley should not drive in a car across – so it was, a total, it was a total mess. So, feel free to chime in at any point, Jake. See, remember how, no, last, evi- remember how last episode? Remember last <laughs> episode? I said that my husband does. My husband doesn't emote. He also doesn't speak very much. It's hard to get a word in sometimes. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard with me. Yeah. Most of you know that. But anyway, that's why I podcast. Um, but so. We had to keep rearranging stuff. We decided, so the final plan. My mom got in on the 30th. We said, all right, Jake and I are going to start driving on the 31st. We're going to get here on the 1st. We're going to close on the 2nd. And then hopefully they'll be able, she'll get out of the hospital by, what was it, the 31st or the 1st? We weren't, we were a little flexible.
1: Yeah, I mean, at that point, it it didn't matter. We wanted them to start school on time, but that wasn't. The, the priority she was
0: is. yeah so she so what we ended up doing was getting a rental car for my mom because we were going to be taking both of our cars we had to find places a place for saffron to sleep because my mom was going to be sleeping at the hospital we had to find people to watch sydney because she obviously couldn't stay at the hospital and we had checked out of the TLF So there were a lot of moving parts.
1: And we were also trying to figure out the best driving route because of winter weather across the United States. Right.
0: Whether to take the northern route or the southern route. Right. It was a total mess. So we ended up driving out. Jake and I left on the morning of the 31st. My mom stayed with Saffron in the hospital. And then my Rachel, who you also may recall from last podcast, ended up driving, sa- picking saffron up from somebody else's house and driving her to Tifton to my mom. Coley got released from the hospital on the 31st. My mom drove with the girls up to Atlanta because we had to book last minute flights to Colorado as well. So they were leaving out of um, Atlanta on the 2nd after we closed. So they drove up to Atlanta, stayed the night, went to the aquarium. Coley was on. She had been given the a to leave. She was on antibiotics. So we knew she was going to be okay. She was drinking water. She was doing all the things she needed to do. And my mom was in charge and did an amazing job with them. So they went to the aquarium, hung out. We neglected to – I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a cold spell that came through (laughs) The South at the same exact time that this all happened. So here is my mom with our kids, who we have packed for, you know, for the couple days. But, and we had to juggle everything all of the suitcases we had packed, we had to unpack, put the girl's stuff in a different bag. We put the girl's stuff in my mom's bag. And then They didn't have any coats so my mom had to go to the store i think she went to old navy or target and buy them fleeces because it was freezing it was like 20 degrees in atlanta and my kids didn't have any coats so it was not the greatest planning anyway so jake and i drive with sid um i almost ran out of gas in kansas
1: we stayed the night in st louis i couldn't get my gas cap open the morning after st louis because it was I think negative ten degrees outside, and it yeah. had frozen, and so I ended up having to end up breaking my gas cap door in half trying to get it open. So my poor Volkswagen has a <laughs> has a broken gas tank door.
0: And I am the kind of person that has never seen the gas light in my whole life because if it's half empty, I think it's all the way empty, and I panic. Thanks, mom and dad, for that. So I had to. <laughs> Oh, it was real scary. So we were in Kansas in the middle of nowhere. And I said to Jake, I think I'm, I said, I have like a quarter of a tank. And he was like, all right, well, you should be okay, but maybe we should stop.
1: Well, I said, we need to stop at the next exit that has a gas station. And so what does Erin do? She... Gets off at the next exit, which is just a ranch service exit to a dirt road.
0: I know, but at this point, my gas light had already come on. Like I was far gone. We, we, my gas light was on and then I started to panic and Jake's like, get off at the next exit. And I got off at an exit that didn't have a gas station.
1: It didn't only have a gas station. It, all it was was a dirt road. So we get back on. Luckily, we could get back on. And, and then we so then she gets off at the <laughs> next exit, which also does not have a gas station.
0: And at this point, my gaslight thing came on again and said I had like 10 miles, which I mean, I was seriously panicking. <laughs> like I was ready to just stop in the middle of the road and call AAA. I don't know. This was what...
1: New Year's Day in eastern Kansas. So we made it, I think, to the outskirts of Leavenworth and
0: um, it was. I was pretty happy when I phoned. we got to a gas station. It was fine, but it was a rough. It was a rough two days of driving. We woke up early. Almost
1: twelve hours of driving per day,
0: and, and we then... both had to drive alone because we had to drive two cars. So Jake had Sydney, and I had all this stuff. And we listened to podcasts and called each other on the phone and tried not to fall asleep when we started driving at four thirty in the morning. But it was fine. So we got to Colorado Springs on New Year's Day. We got into the TLF, but of course, Sydney couldn't be there without us. So Sid was with us all the time. Um, And the plan was to close the next day, but first we had never seen our house. So we came, we walked through our house, did the inspection. Sid came with us, but she waited in the car for that. And then directly after the inspection, we went to the closing and we left Sid in the house for the closing because we figured She's better off in the house. Of course, she had no idea what was going on. She had been shuffled around from person to person to person. We came back into the house and Sydney had pooped and peed on the brand new carpet downstairs in the basement. So then I had to go out and get one of those SpotBot cleaners because I was like, no, this is our new
1: house. Which is an amazing machine, by the way. Yes.
0: SpotBot. bot. If you want to sponsor By, me, who that makes
1: would be it great. Bissell or? Sorry, Bissell, Bissell. Right. we're not sponsored, but maybe one day.
0: Maybe Bissell, if you're listening. <laughs> um, also to note is that since we had not been here when we purchased our house, and we hadn't been in the house, and most people when they're building a house, they walk through it like daily to just check everything. We had no idea that we had no garage door opener, no air conditioning, and no window well covers. And these window wells are like six feet deep. T- holes. Death traps. On the side. And they're like, oh, the builder said, oh, by the way, you're going to want to get those covered because animals will fall in them and die. Your kids might fall in <laughs> them and get seriously injured. We're like, "Um, okay, that maybe would be a good thing to include. Whatever. All right. So anyway, my mom and the girls get into town on the same day that we closed. So they got in on the 2nd, which was nice because then my mom actually got to see the house. Um, and then they started school on the 4th. And we were in the TLF for one week. We were very happy to get out of there. So the movers came on the 8th. Now let's talk a little bit about the movers. I think Jake will be more talkative at <laughs> this point.
1: Oh, movers.
0: So our movers had named themselves Jake. The,
1: the, the soul crew.
0: The soul crew.
1: We're part of a crew, almost like a dance crew.
0: <laughs> we wish they were a dance crew.
1: Yeah. But I, I think when you move as much as as we do, or, or and most people in the military can probably relate, is that every moving crew that you get claims that they're the best moving crew, and um, there's no such thing as the best moving crew. No, because they're um, all decided. terrible. <laughs> yeah, they just jack up your stuff and they don't really care. They're but terrible.
0: Um, but this one was except like they had like clothing made. They had
1: clothing. They had stickers. They had a. Um, they had a name for themselves so they appeared to be doing a pretty good job um, with the packing on the packing side of it Um, moving they got here when they said they were going to get here which was about a week um, later they had four other families worth of household goods packed in a 40-foot shipping container Um, and they had drop-offs in Kansas and I think Florida first, then Kansas, then two in Colorado. But,
0: like the truck was too heavy.
1: It was too heavy to drive on the freeways. Until they, <laughs> so they had to take the back roads until they got to Kansas and offloaded half the stuff. And then it was light enough. And So they get here um, and commence the unpacking. So
0: <laughs> Oh, God. Well, first of all. <laughs> Ugh, it was they they really like pride themselves on being amazing and they're like yeah dude yeah bro we're gonna set you up and we're gonna help you like i'm not i'm not overreacting this is how they were they were like don't worry if there's any problem we will help you we will stay here until we finish we pride ourselves on being amazing and being the best and then like six hours later, that wasn't so true anymore. We are still
1: attempting to assemble a, a single bed in our in our daughter's room.
0: I mean, the first problem was when I, if you are in the military related to the military or have done a military move, you know that you get numbers on everything. And the way that it works is they give you this like 40-page document that has every single box and every item in it and you mark off the numbers when they pull them off the truck because then you know that you've got all of your stuff. And they started unloading the truck and like half an hour later we were like, "Well, where's the number sheet to mark off?" And they're like, "Dude, we don't do that. It's cool." It's a
1: point to point. It's, it's point, point, point to point, bro. It's
0: point to point. Anyway, had <laughs> like 15 people's stuff on this truck, but don't worry, we know where your stuff was. Point to point. So we're like, "All right." So we were a little nervous, but so they come in and the biggest hurdle we knew they were going to have to overcome was the girls' IKEA beds. So we have three IKEA beds. Two of them are from Germany. One of them is from the United States, right? Or is it two from the United States? Two from the United States, Two one from are from Germany. the United States, one's from Germany. They're the same bed at IKEA. However, the German version is long and skinny, and the American version is short and fat, <laughs> which I think IKEA is trying to tell us something. But... Damn needless, Germans. Needless to say, while the beds go together the same way, the parts are specific to the beds. Jake told them this maybe five times.
1: Yeah, and everything was labeled appropriately on the packing end. They just disregarded my instructions. I even kept the IKEA instructions for the different beds um, and tried to help as best as I could. But they seem to have it under control. So I kind of let them.
0: We like went downstairs to check on them. They're like, no, we got it. We got it. No, we got it. So they say they've got it. It literally takes them three hours to put the beds together. Jake and I go downstairs, take one look at the beds, and we're like, nope, you did not do it right. Like completely mixed up all of the parts from all of the beds. And so at this point, they were just like angry. You could tell they were angry. They weren't so cool, this cool soul crew anymore. <laughs> soul crew lost They lost were the not edge. happy. Like they wanted to go out to their Mexican restaurant they go to when they're in Colorado Springs and they wanted to be there by seven. And we were like, um, these beds are not right. Not one of them is right. We're going to have to take them apart and do it all over again. And they were like, one of the guys was like, nope, nope, I'm not going to do it. And then the head guy's like, bro, we got to do it, bro. We're a soul crew. And that's what we do. We stick together and we put beds together the right way. So like two hours later, they had taken the beds apart and put them back together again.
1: Meanwhile, Aaron and I are just doing our best to unpack the rest of the house, you know, because they leave it in shambles with boxes strewn about and... You try to get everything unpacked and, and so they can take away as many of the boxes and the, the shipping paper and packing paper and all that stuff. So we were doing that. Not supervising their the bed, bed
0: putting together.
1: Like we probably should have been, but we trusted Soul Crew. You we know? trusted
0: Soul Crew. They gave us their assurances and almost t shirts to let us know that so they were legit.
1: Three hours later, so a total of six hours, it's probably six o'clock at night. Yeah, maybe. seven o'clock. Yeah. We go downstairs and they're like <laughs> They're like, bro, we got the beds together, but we have three extra slats on this bed. And then this bed just seems too short, you know, for the mattress, whatever. So at that point, I'm just like, get out, you know, just <laughs> get out of the house. Like, it's good enough. Um, and so they, we sign the paperwork and they leave. Um, and then that night we're in the TLF still and yeah. it dawns on me like at two in the morning. I like pop out of bed. I'm like, oh no, they still mixed up some of the parts. And so on Saturday, it was Saturday the next day, I... I spend I think three or four hours putting the beds taking together. them all apart again and putting them back together the correct way, and so.
0: But you know we have a lot of stuff, so like this house is in complete disarray, and that time should have been spent doing something else. Meanwhile, Soul Crew had not really taken care to put anything together the right way. Yeah, it turned out like which
1: is not uncommon. Um, it's just when you
0: have a, a crew called Soul Crew, yeah,
1: you expect a certain level of performance. <laughs> see. Um, but. Turns out Soul Crew also completely misplaced my um, lawnmower as yeah, well. So, no more
0: no lawnmower.
1: So three hundred fifty dollar lawnmower that I had just purchased. Um, disappeared in so, the act so luckily but, we have no grass here <laughs> so.
0: say. but we landscaped <laughs> and we have all rocks so that's okay and we got money for it but still we were like oh there's no lawnmower so somebody in kansas probably has our lawnmower
1: or soul crew ticket or soul know.
0: crew liked our lawnmower which is likely as well so the next couple of days we spent getting settled and unpacking and one thing i can say about us not to toot our own horns but we get this stuff done fast so We were pretty much completely unpacked, put away, pictures hanging on the walls in a week. Um, Yeah, so that's what we did. And then like a week after that, I was looking at Coley and I thought, huh, that's weird. Her hair looks weird. She looks like she has a bald spot. She must have slept on it funny. And then a couple days later, Saffron said, Coley, you have a bald spot. And I said, no, she just slept on it funny. And then turned out. Coley had a bald spot, so we had to take her to the doctor, and she had ringworm on her head, which she had to take medicine for for 12 weeks every single day. We had to fight with her every day for 12 weeks. It was amazing, but now she's done, Um, and also Jake got sick right after the moving process because it was a lot of not sleeping well, moving around to different places, just pushing ourselves, being from the cruise to sleeping in the hospital. Oh, he didn't sleep in the hospital, but he visited the hospital. Um, But the most important thing is that now we are here and we are done and we absolutely love living in Colorado. Jake, do you have anything else to add?
1: Um, Just a pretty typical military move, I would (laughs) say. It's funny. We talk about it and uh, we... Commensurate with our other military friends and other people that we know, not all military, but people that move fairly often. And it seems like it's a pain every time, and there's weird stuff that happens that make it even more painful. Um, but you do it and you um you end up stronger, I guess, on the other side.
0: What doesn't kill you makes you stronger.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh and then you forget how bad it was. Um, you really do. I mean, it takes maybe a few months or maybe six months or a year to forget, but then two or three years later. You do it all over again. And um, and so there's, you know, m- a large portion of, of society that doesn't move very often or maybe does it once in their life and that's enough and it's a pain in the butt. But for all the, the military folks out there and the and the non-military people that, that choose to live a, a life where they're moving, um, to do it every two or three years is... It sucks, But um, but it's exciting too. So I don't know. I tend to get... Um, Antsy after a couple of years, but hopefully here in Colorado that won't happen because I don't want to move
0: and for a long time. We're good at getting rid of stuff. <laughs> like we've gotten yeah. really good at getting rid of stuff, donating it, selling it. We're good at that now, we don't get too attached. And to we're anything.
1: good at learning a new area really quickly. Yeah. Um, figuring out where all the, I would say hospitals, <laughs> 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 urgent care. We're, you'll all be happy to know we're right by a pediatric. We're right by a
0: pediatric ER, which is great. Yeah. Um, so. Yes, it most certainly was not fun going through it, and it is not fun reflecting back either, but it all worked out in the end as it always does. The one thing that never ceases to amaze me is how we somehow come out on the other side and make a full recovery. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and that could not be more true than when it comes to moving. Our Wi-Fi network name is never leaving, and our password is not kidding, and I'm not. We're really hoping to stay here until Jake retires and the girls have graduated from high school. I could do it again if I had to, but I'll be calling Brittany for some meds if they're going to make me. Next time, I'll be talking about figuring out what you want to do when you grow up. I'm pushing 40, so it may be time to really give that some thought. And now, something to make you laugh. I saw a Facebook status last week that read, I'm moving out of my house. Does anyone have a van I can borrow? And I thought to myself, wow, things must really be bad. And on that note, this is Erin signing off. Until next time, may your life be full of mandatory fun.
1: Wait, I have a joke too. In the wintertime, how do you find Will Smith in the snow? How? You look for the fresh prince. (laughs) Such a (laughs)
0: dork. And on that note, maybe we'll have Jake back again, but we'll see. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody.